best ride. That's how you know Jesse's really in New England. He's in a basement <laughs> with with some like vintage Patriots glasses and and like wood paneling on the walls. A hundred percent. Brandon, that could also be a basement in the Midwest if you change what the team is. But you know, if those were if those were Packers glasses, that could be <laughs> right. Like in Wisconsin, or if it was, you know, Bears ones would be a basement in Chicago. Yep. I, I mean, my my heart is still in Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that stupid ass Jared Leto video, though. Wait, what? I didn't see the Jared Leto video. Oh, they showed it twice. They showed it twice. Okay, so okay, let's, let's just. Okay, let's just say for the listener, I was on a yoga retreat being very peaceful and waking up in the middle of the night to like make sure that Charles Leclerc was like still alive, you know, like every night. And so I didn't watch the race in full until two nights ago on my plane back. So I got very limited, like I didn't get any of the grid walk. I didn't get any of the like opening so I feel like I missed some of the actual hubbub of the night itself. Oh yeah, there was a weird. There was a weird. Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch the race at all, but I just know all of the weird bullshit that went on around it. Love that. But there was the. There was a, a spoken word. It's a video of Jared Leto just like sitting in like what looks like an apartment or like a something, but it's him. Yeah. Just like doing a spoken word version of I, Elvis Presley's Las Vegas. I just dropped the lyrics in the chat. Uh, Britt, if you'd like to take just a shot at uh, Jared Leto's delivery on this, while I know that they played this at the, like they played it at 1130 Eastern, um, like as sports center went off the air and they you know went to the pre-race and then they played it again at the start of the race. Oh my God. I will preface this by saying, that if you if you think back to the uh, William Shatner spoken word era, very much of a piece stylistically, very much uh, inspired by. <laughs> See, but at least if it was William Shatner, you'd like understand because that's like his thing. Oh, it's like right, it, like it's a piece of it, shit anyway. Right. It would have been a thousand times more entertaining if it was just actually William Shatner. And it being actually William Shatner would have gone thematically with uh, the national anthem as sung by Donny Osmond. <gasps> Wait, oh my God. Donny Osmond <laughs> sang the national anthem? Donny yeah. Osmond. Donny Osmond, Mormon royalty. Um, so Correct. that's huge news for me personally. I'm not... But never mind. I don't feel like going into that. <laughs> That's okay. We, we talked. We talked about Donny Osmond on on the last episode, and yeah, I will, sorry. Uh, I I admit I literally was so plugged out. I and then I had my red eye flight that I didn't listen. I, the only content I've taken in was the race itself on the plane, and then I went on a five hour Instagram binge to get all of <laughs> the like surrounding entertainment. 
Um, and I, but I missed the spoken word. And I'm like sitting, I'm sitting here reading the lyrics, being like, "This is the going to be the worst." Like to hear this spoken out loud is going to be so bad. And All right, well, the weirdest part of it was that the way he was delivering it, like it took a second to realize what it was. Like initially, I definitely thought, like, oh. He's doing like some, you know, standard introductory welcome to Las Vegas I, kind of shenanigans. Yeah. I thought I was watching a commercial for tequila. Okay. Yes, that is also a very good description. Okay. Yeah, it would have been a solid tequila commercial. But honestly, that was the sound of a Canteen Spirits Black Cherry Vodka Soda. First time I'm trying this here. Oh! As as discussed, we are in New England, but I need to say, Bright Light City, (laughs) set my soul. Going to set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn. So get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. And they're all living, and the devil may care. And I'm just the devil with love to spare. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva, Viva. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. So please tell me that he just did the, Please tell me that he just did one verse. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. no, no. No, it did. He did a whole song. He did. It went on long. It went on so long that it was deeply uncomfortable. That's wild. I felt, I felt that it was long enough that it, in fact, came back around to be <laughs> funny again. Especially on the second viewing when it was like, is this really happening? And Caroline was next to me on the couch and she was like, wait, what is Charlotte doing? I was like, did you not see this the first time? I can't believe they like, played they it did twice. this before? That is so amazing is that uh, watching i i missed it the first time so when they showed it the second time i'm texting like what the fuck is happening right now and jesse's like did you not see this the first time wait wait i remember those texts i woke up i woke up at like 6 a.m in this like village in mexico and i'm like reading a hundred texts that are just like oh my god oh my god what is happening (laughs) so i just have to say here's my favorite thing about all of this is after my five-hour instagram binge i caught up on how much max hated everything about vegas until the moment he won the race and then he's like I love this place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just was love- like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It was so much fun. Was like, was so shit. It was so funny to see all the quotes. Like, it was so beautiful that they're like, so did you like the track? He's like, no. He's like, Monaco is the Champions League. This is the National League. He's like, we were standing up there like clowns. <laughs> And then he wins the race, and immediately he's like, Viva Las Vegas! In the car! 
<laughs> I love. And and then overall, I, you know, we talked about this a little bit with some of, I think we talked about this with Miami a little bit, but that was so early in my F1 experience that I didn't quite catch this in such a, such a real way as I did this time around. The way that not just Max, many of them talked shit about this being like all spectacle and like just a big circus where they look like clowns, like they act like their job isn't driving millions of dollars of the most insane machinery you've ever seen on earth around right. a little squiggly circle. Right. right. Like, you guys think everything else you do is not like an over the top circus event? Like, right. what are you, what is you're not this? negotiating, so you're not negotiating nuclear disarmament treaties here, guys. Yes! A, a they think their job is just race, and it's more than that. Yeah. They do. They're like, every single one of them is a Ken whose job is car. And in fact, every single one of them is a Barbie whose job is to be everything. <laughs> Pretty much. This this drink uh, is from Austin, Texas. I now note that it says on oh. the label. And uh, much Half like the Coda race, uh, disappointing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So I, by the time I actually watched the race, I knew everything that was going to happen in the race. But I was texting you guys with a fervor as if it were live. <laughs> it was, and which, I, was great, which was great. <laughs> I literally, it's like, I, I, I knew I knew that Charles came in second and I was like, come on, come on. Like he goodness is race to win. And I was disappointed when he didn't win, but I am still high on that overtake on the last lap. That was so unbelievably beautiful. And it, and it gave me, such a level of delusion about next year I can't even begin to like explain no but this is the thing right the the problem the double-edged sword of 2021 was that we have like statistical evidence there's historical data that tells us that when the car is competitive and the strategy isn't stepping on rakes, that he can beat Max. We know it's possible. It happened we multiple times. Possible. We know it's possible. And I'm I'm really in this lulu place because I'm like, okay, clearly they're starting to figure out how the car is like can be fast. Like compared to some of the mid period of the season the car has clearly improved totally totally they figured some shit out on just like a purely engineering level 100 percent. let me uh share with you a hot take about that might will feed your delulu hopes for yes. next year i think uh but before i do that i should note that casual diehard our podcast is now called casual diehard for one thing and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts now. We are no longer just in the Substack app. Oh, uh, so please find us there. Please continue to find us at willitspen.substack.com because 
uh, that will be the writing arm of and this. And keep world. buying our fun merch. Yeah, that is for now at willitspen.com. I will uh, link from the show notes to this episode to the hat that I am currently wearing, our vroom vroom hat. For Which our, is so good. For our it's boys. so good. I'm, I'm very excited to bring that with me on uh, vacation in the spring and confuse some various tourists. I love that. So here is my hot take. Uh, I've been... This is kind of a, a hot take on top of a hot take. It's Thanksgiving week. It's, this is so this is a twice baked potatoes. <laughs> Hell <take>. yes. <laughs> I've been sitting on for a while the idea that like in in the wake of Michigan and Connor Stallions and Jim Harbaugh, uh, which continues uh, right now. You know, Jim Harbaugh is currently suspended. Uh, the idea that everyone cheats all the time at everything. It's just a matter of who gets caught. And often so stupidly. So what that made me think is, all right, Red Bull's cheating. <laughs> they are absolutely a hundred percent, a thousand percent, a million percent cheating. And then last night, after we got up here to Massachusetts for Thanksgiving, I do not have Netflix. Um, because we used to use my mother-in-law's account. Um, and then Netflix cracked down on that. And then there were writer strike and actor strike. And we stopped. You know, we were not going to pay for Netflix during that. Uh, so we will, you know, once again, resume service when we get home. Because I watched the first episode of season five of Drive to Survive last night. <gasps> for the first time. And it was beautiful. We can get into that more. But. Bahrain season opener last year. Red Bull's batteries fail doubly. What hit me during the race as Max was passing Charles for the lead was that little graphic that they had where his battery was green and Charles's battery was yellow. And there goes Max, vroom, 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 right past him. They've got something with the battery. That is my hot take. I don't know what it is. But... I'm just going to put a pin in Red Bull battery. Interesting. The way that Max flipped out. Fuck this shit. The engine is shitting itself. Love a Max radio. It was a spectacular meltdown. Nothing like it. I was so mad. I was so happy. It was so (laughs) wonderful to watch. Charles and Carlos finished 1-2. It was such like the ending of it with Mattia and Gunther in the in the vineyard, which was fucking delightful. I almost don't want to watch another episode because I know that from there it goes completely to shit for everyone I love. Yeah, it is. It is definitely like an emotional journey. But I'm obviously going to wind up watching the whole thing and the previous four seasons and then season six when when it happens. I mean. It is it is beautiful. Like I genuinely think you will love it and you won't be able to stop, Jesse. It's just it's just a treat and it's it's like uh, that feeling though. It you'll feel it the whole time. Like it's okay. like every time they show Charles, I'm like, "Fuck." <laughs> right. <laughs> I will I will say though, Jesse, um as you go back, I'm very excited for you to see the episodes 
like right when Charles signs with Ferrari because it is like oh. the most oh. aggressively heartwarming shit ever. It's so good. It's uh, like it's the sweetest thing in the world. And then season six will end with uh, Ferrari beating Mercedes to second place. Jesse, they're four points apart. And I was literally like, Jesse called this and me and Britt laughed at him. <laughs> no, right? I, I mean, it's just so. Okay. It's also that I think, and like, I think Charles, that was one of the first races since I've been watching in a dedicated fashion that actually felt like someone else could have and probably should have won. Totally. Oh, and if, if that safety car had happened at a different spot, I absolutely yeah. think Charles could have won. Did you guys see the video of him in the car with Max and Checo at the end of the race? And where you, the moment you see him, I think they tell him, I think it's that they tell him that they both pitted under the second safety car. And Charles just made the exact face that you did, Brett, where he realizes that he probably could have won that race. Like you see it past his face. Right. And even then, Max gets into a crash where shit visibly comes off of his car. I'm literally so disappointed in my boy, George Russell. I am literally, I put all, I started to, to stand for him. And I stand for him specifically because of his ability to create immense chaos. And I feel that he should have sent it into Max. Once they were, once they came together, he should have just absolutely taken him out. For the people. Jesse just says I'm peaking on the mic levels, which is so real. I'm holding it so close to my mouth and I'm screaming. <laughs> I'll just hold it slightly further away so I don't have to start that, screaming. I mean, that, yeah, that, that's what we need. The, the emotion is perfect. And like, what, what godforsaken universe do we live in? Like, this is proof. This is proof this weekend that. There is no God because Max <laughs> has that crash and goes on to win the race. Max can't gets called on his bullshit and his five second penalty means dick. And Carlos, Send my regards, Carlos, oh, fuck off. I actually love that. I love that. Oh, That's so why weird. I'm like, yeah. I'm toxically okay. attracted to him. That's that is, him. yeah, that was, um, that was top-notch heel shit. Yeah. So let's not look past that. That was awesome. I um, just love when he doesn't pretend. I love when he doesn't pretend. <laughs> I, that's the thing, right? I think if he if he would just lean into the heel shit, he would be way more enjoyable. But it's the fact that he, he has these moments of the heel shit, and then he turns into a whiny little bitch and starts complaining about fucking everything. And it's like, no, like you got to pick a lane, dude. I will say some of the whininess is heel shit to me. Like it really, it's his particular brand of heel, I feel, is that is not only is he like, you know, okay, send them my regards. And he's like, I fucking hate this track, like all of this shit. But it's that he also feels, it's that level of entitlement 
that I think is the heel shit of it where he's like, my car should be perfect. Like, I shouldn't have to feel the wind when I'm he, driving 200 miles an hour. It doesn't feel like heel shit to me. It just feels like dick shit. It, like, no, there's, like, there's a level of, like, self-confidence. Not entitlement, but, like, confidence. I'm about to make a Being a heel requires. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like 2009 John Cena. <laughs> It's like he just wins everything and he's just a smug little piece of shit about it and everyone hates him. Yeah. Right. Well, and 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 Britt, you're right. It is that they're but this is part of why I'm like God, my relationship with him is like the most toxic. It's like the most toxic relationship <laughs> I've ever been in. I'm just like, I know he's a horrible person. I know that he is not really even that fun to watch. He's not that fun to watch. And and yet when he is his worst, I'm like, there's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> but that is that is me with almost all of them though. Like when Lando is his worst self is when I oh, love him God. the most. When George is his worst self, that's when I love him the most. When Carlos is his worst self, it's really Charles. Charles is like one of the only ones that I have like deeply wholesome feelings about. <laughs> I think that the the Cena thing is valid too because like Cena would never see himself as a heel, but also that's like, exactly what it is. Yeah, like the whole crowd saying John Cena sucks. John Cena sucks, but he's still playing it as a face. Um, I think that that is perfectly what max does and but as as for the heel behavior i feel like what the re- if we got to pick a wrestler that he reminds me of it's like heel architect seth rollins when he's got like j and j security running around for him and like people are doing his dirty work and yeah He's awesome, but if there's an easy way to get a win, he's gonna fucking take it. Yeah, well, right. That that is, I will say, when I like Max the least is I love like part of what made that race fun is that Max had to fight for it. Right, and I felt <laughs> like like I feel like you know when he's win- when he's getting a good start and then going on a nice Sunday drive. That's when I'm like get away from me like this sucks i will say so so here here i think is the distinction for me to to put it in baseball terms so yasiel puig right but before we knew that he was not just an entertaining baseball heel so just thinking of it purely in baseball terms he was, even as a Giants fan, he was fucking funny because he leaned into that so hard and he would just try and start fights with people in like a, like a goading them way and just like be really cocky about it and was like totally unconcerned with the fact that other people hated him and in fact clearly seemed to enjoy it, which was perfect and actually made me not hate him because it was so it was just so pitch perfect. Uh, in contrast, the uh, the closest comp I can think of for Max is like Alex Bregman. 
Oh, ouch, but I real. I would have said Jose See, yes, a little bit, but the reason why I say Bregman is that Max does have those moments where he's a cocky little shit about it, which is very Alex Bregman being like, people said they didn't didn't know what was going to happen if the Astros didn't win the division. Well, I guess they'll never know. (laughs) That is very, that is a Max thing uh, in his most obnoxious moments. But then Bregman fucking cries about the fact that people don't like him. And acts Chris, like I think, he's the victim. I think you're a little bit uh, warped here by being a Giants fan because <laughs> Queeg, Queeg was not a heel uh, for most of us because Madison Bumgarner. Madison Bumgarner was very much the heel and does remind me of Max. Like, yeah, wins a ton. Personally, yeah. kind of an oddball. Like. Wouldn't be surprised to find out, like, Max doing, like, whatever the Dutch equivalent is of cattle roping. <laughs> well, uh, but I th- in racing. <laughs> right. I think, I think the distinction there for me is that. Fakely Puig racist. Was, well, but Puig True. was having fun with it. And that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say like, there is like out of a real heel. Like I want them to revel in it a little bit. Like that—that's what makes them entertaining. I think that's what's going to be like when Lando's at Red Bull. Yes, will be the <laughs> yes, yes, Lando will revel, and Max has moments of reveling. Like he, one of the one of his great heel moments to me was when he got booed. I think in Miami and. He, they were like, you know, he gets asked, like, Max, what do you think of being booed? And he was like, you know, I think that that, like, when someone's winning, that's who they're booing for. But he, and he basically was like, they can go home and have a nice night and I'll go home with my trophies. Right. You know, and it's like, I like, I like when he embraces kind of like, sure, go ahead, boo me. I'll win by 30 seconds. I would rather he do that. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. little pissant shit where he acts like any minor inconvenience is like an affront from the universe that makes me want to punch him into traffic. <laughs> and then can you... Oh, go ahead, Lily. I was going to say, he's not a heel, but it's... It's vague. Like, I, I wish that just Max would go like full-on Ricky Henderson with it. <laughs> right! <laughs> I'm going to have to watch you do this shit every fucking race weekend. Start talking about yourself in the third person. Talking about how great you are. Because you are. You're good. You like. Statistically are incredibly good. Yeah. I I completely agree. And and I mean. Lando is just. I'm just having. I'm like. I have. I like have not recovered from that that vision of Lando in a Red Bull suit. He's going to. He's going to be his worst self, and I'm going to love him more than I ever have. Just the worst. (laughs) The the thing with Lando is that he's he does sort of get how to how to revel in it in a kind of fun way because he's just like your obnoxious baby cousin or like younger brother. Yeah. Well, you kind of just want to smack him in the back of the head, but like it's kind of endearing somehow at the same time. 
I mean, Lando's the purest Lando heel energy for me this year was when he broke Max's trophy the first time, breaks <laughs> it, looks at it, steps over it, keeps going on the champagne, gets asked about it in an interview, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. I, I, I don't know. And later he clearly got like chided by his PR people and he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, right. you know, the work that went into making the trophy, la la la. But that, but like that, the pure Lando energy is the moment he steps over that trophy. It was just beautiful. Right. He's born for this. It really makes me happy that this sport gives us the, the, dichotomy of British men between <laughs> Downton Abbey, George Russell, and Love Island, Lando Norris. Yeah, pretty much. And and Lewis Hamilton somewhere on like the completely other axis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lewis Hamilton is like, you know, BAFTA Awards. Yes. Yes. Yeah, with Lando, Yes. With Lando and George, it's the perfect spectrum of British lad. Yes. In, you know, in his yes. early 20s. Yes. Right. Lewis is like an actual adult, so it yeah. becomes a Lewis little bit of like a different a real, spectrum. Lewis is a real grown-up who knows how to dress himself. That was another fun thing in Vegas was all like, – was like – you know, Charles, Carlos, Lando, Oscar, Alex Albon, all they wore all weekend was like jeans and, and like team sweatshirt. And then Lando, or then like, um, then Lewis will like walk up and you'll just like in every time the most beautiful clothes you've ever seen, like looking stunning at every turn, like head to toe Versace. And you're just like, right. Like Lewis is functioning on a different plane than the rest yeah. of the freaks who have no idea how to like walk in to a Vegas event. <laughs> well, no, and those Ferrari hoodies were hot though. They were oh, good. I mean, they both looked sexy. I'm not it, saying they need yeah. to change. They're but... also like $300 hoodies for the record. Of course they are. Of course they are. Because there's some designer collab something. Because of course they are. But the interesting thing with Lewis is that I feel like like Lewis is just famous in a way that none of the rest of them are. Absolutely. Even Max. Oh, even well, because Max doesn't ever want to do anything. Like Max is a racing yeah. bot. So he doesn't do any of the stuff to like get anyone's attention outside of that little sort of narrow universe. Lewis Hamilton, baby. Right. Like Shaq on the gridlock. That's that's right. all you need. Like Lewis Hamilton brings right. Shaq to this. He what? Right. No, nobody else is like drawing Shaq. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Right. I mean, there's a reason that all of the like for real, for real celebrities who were at the race this weekend were all either in the Mercedes paddock hanging out with Lewis or they were in the fucking Ferrari paddock because Ferrari is Ferrari. Because it's Ferrari, 100%. Um, like, of course, like, where's Rihanna going to hang out? Rihanna's going to go hang out with Ferrari. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Rihanna and ASAP with Ferrari. I was like, that's actually so beautiful. Spectacular. Yeah. Gorgeous. I'm, she looked so good. I'm so happy about this because on the off chance, on the – well, it's not an off chance. It's a pretty good chance that someday I will meet Rihanna. Um, Love that you're like, yeah, that's a pretty good chance. I, <laughs> right. Yeah. 
uh, now I know what to talk to her about. Absolutely. That's such a good point. You've got an in now. It's perfect. Like, you know, I've I always really feel that I would meet Rihanna and only be able to talk about like being a fan of hers. But now I can be like, hey, Ferrari. Exactly. And I feel like Rihanna would really be fun to talk about F1 with. I bet she has good opinions. Rihanna, come on the show. If yeah. uh, <laughs> anytime. Come on the podcast. Open invitation to Rihanna for this podcast. <laughs> open invitation to Rihanna. And as ever, open invitation to Drew Smith. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. I think those are the two people we've cast open invites to. I, I just have to say though, one of the one of the people who I want to talk about racing with more than anything, and this is cl- like this is a me thing clearly, but uh, Garrett Cole wears an Aston Martin hat like a lot. <gasps> Ooh. And I am desperate to know if that's actually like where his allegiances lie. Okay, but an Aston Martin hat, much like a Ferrari hat and a Yankees hat are are frequently worn by people. They're they're just fashion items. An Aston Martin hat is a a fairly specific, like that's a much more specific choice. Right. It's very specific. But he also, when Charles came to Yankee Stadium last summer, he also met two people. That there was photographic Garrett? evidence of Garrett and Kyle Higashioka. You you know that Garrett – honestly, I feel like Garrett respects the fuck out of Charles. It, there's a vibe, right? Like there's just – there's an energy oh there that I'm just God. relating to. God, especially the – especially Garrett Cole's Yankees tenure. Right. Holy but shit. The yeah, getting Garrett fucked Cole by yeah, everyone I, else. Like, curse, curse respects curse. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> There's just I feel like that's they have they have a point of relation that they can discuss their various emotional trauma brought at them by the hands of their coworkers. Well, I I also do feel like Aston Martin as an actual allegiance makes some sense to me for Garrett Cole. For some reason, I feel like the Garrett Cole Fernando Alonso. Like, I could see him really loving Fernando Alonso. My real question for Garrett Cole would be like. How do you feel about Lance Stroll? <laughs> oh my God, right? Oh, yes. Lance Stroll, by the way, who like raised his heart out and had an incredible one from P19 to like P5. Right. Yeah. With, uh, speaking of the Yankees, Lance Stroll getting away from uh, the Yankee look to put some scruff on his face. And it looks good. It looks good. It works. Oh, no. No. It shouldn't have. No. I like it. He looks like he's playing his own evil twin on a soap opera. Uh, I like that better than his regular face. I mean, look. I like it way better than his regular face. Oh, no. Oh, it's so bad. I think it's, it's hot. Somehow, I think it's hot. It somehow looks different. I'm not different. Go that far. No. It makes him look like a side character from Breaking Bad. Also a correct description. He also, it also looks different from every angle. That is true. Which I don't, like, that shouldn't be possible. I'm not sure what, how that happens. But every picture I've seen, I'm like, that's not the same. That looks different. Which driver is his actual name? 
Wait, what do you mean? His name what is, is Lance Strulovich. It is? What? It is? Lance Strulovich, better known as Lance Stroll. What? So did the, I guess the whole family just all change their names then? Lawrence Sheldon Strulovich, <laughs> name later uh, best known as Lawrence, Lawrence Stroll, is a Canadian billionaire businessman. Fascinating. This is fa- – I've never known this, Lily. I, I was just like looking him up because I wanted to see the beard and I like stumbled across his Wikipedia and I was just like, oh, interesting. Wow. I'm surprised that they've kept the name, but then, like, gone by something else? Yeah, they've never, like, it seems like they've not actually changed the last name. Like, that seems... It's so interesting. It seems like very 1930s. It looks like his wife... His wives, like, his dad's wives have changed their name to Stroll. weird incredibly weird well that couldn't possibly be used in any kind of connection to money laundering (laughs) (laughs) being known by multiple possibly have anything to do (laughs) i mean you know who's definitely cheating like and and godspeed like keep it up they need it is aston martin Oh, they don't, God, well, for their for their sake, I, I hope not. That's, my God, that's the other the other part of my early season hot take that Fernando Alonso would fall out of the top five. I'm, I'm a mid season hot take, I guess. Um, real close to happening. Is yeah. he five right now? He's tied for fourth with Carlos. Okay, I think. Uh, where did okay. we go? Let's see here. How many it points is, difference is it? It is a very small difference. Carlos and Fernando are tied at 200. Lando at 195. Charles oh, wow. 188. I would love to see Lando take that. And I, and I feel like he can. He could pretty He could pretty easily, yeah. He could get six more points than Fernando Alonso. Yeah, Lando's been doing real well, so. Well, aside from it's, slamming into a wall, poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had a, he had the worst Vegas uh, weekend, I think. Had to engage with the American healthcare system. Jeez. I honestly yeah. feel like the people who had the worst Vegas weekend were all the people who just, like, could not see the race at all. <laughs> oh, my God. The people who had tickets to FP1. <laughs> Or FP2, which just, like, didn't happen until 5 in the morning when everybody had been sent home. Right. Yeah. Nine more years of this. Um, And I hope that it continues to be a shit show with uh, ever-decreasing ticket prices so that all of us can go snap them up at Costco and meet up in Vegas at a cheap hotel. So the interesting thing with that is that I'm so curious if if next year is also a shit show. I'm so curious because they technically are only under contract for three years. They have some sort of like semi handshake agreement for 10 years, but the contract only actually specifies three. 
They're on some Scott Boris shit. Yes. There's a there's a <laughs> track, man. Right, right. They put an opt-in after three years. Or an opt-out after three years. Um so I am just so curious what the actual details of that look like. I, I still think it's incredibly funny how much money they tried to extort the casinos out of. Oh my god! Oh, it's hilarious. just bananas. Uh, just hilarious. just end up being like, okay, fifteen fifty thousand dollars a hotel, as opposed to a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars a room. Right. You know, I just. Uh, uh, much like a lot of this like I feel bad for the people who actually live in Las Vegas who had like their hometown quite disrupted for quite a long time like I think we've all lived in New York major cities and in various places where you have big events that throw off your day-to-day life and it's quite annoying I, I I respect that and I will say that before I move the mic slightly because I'm about to get fired up. Um, I just think like the, <laughs> but, but like the people being like, they, if, they extorted the casinos. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Look after the Las Vegas mega casinos. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I just think it's incredibly funny that they tried. <laughs> It's like you got like this is a league that that is engaging in insane shit all over the globe. Like by all means, go ahead, give it a try. I'm not gonna stop them. They if they have way bigger. I have way bigger issues with the FIA. <laughs> right. It's just it's big. Let them fight. Energy. Yes. I'm like <laughs> let them cook. Let them fight. Okay. Yeah. Is yeah. is there any? Has there been? Because if there is, I haven't seen it. Has there been any kind of good explanation for like why Vegas needed to be like so disrupted as a city um, in comparison to like other places that they do street races or is there, do they do, is it like, was it that bad in Chicago for like the NASCAR from what race? I've heard, yes. Oh yeah. From what I've heard, that was a disaster. Okay. Yeah. I think it's like the cities cool. that weren't, you know, haven't been doing this for years, don't necessarily have the infrastructure to uh, do something like Honestly, that. Honestly, like, I'm, I'm in favor of it. I think that, you know, all of our streets in major metropolitan areas should be converted to street tracks for auto racing and otherwise just emergency services. There's no reason for you to be driving down there and uh, we should invest in- I love that. And better Only Charles Leclerc and, and first aid- people should be allowed to drive on the streets of New York. <laughs> Although give me give me Charlotte Claire racing an ambulance. I do like I do like that people were allowed to like drive on the strip during the day uh yeah. before the race. Like I was like, yeah, let me just hop in my car and like drive down to Daytona and like turn a few laps the day before the five hundred. Let's see how so that goes. You can do so the, the in Germany you can do that at the fucking Nuremberg ring. Can you really? Yeah, you like pay like 10 bucks or like like 10 euros yeah. or something. And you're just like, you can just like, there's some rules. That's but you can just like fun. drive around the Nuremberg ring. That's so fun. Well, uh, yeah, it, Jesse, I think that Lily is exactly right. My understanding is that a lot of the chaos was just that it hasn't been done in Vegas in 30 years, 40 years, you know? So it, 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 it I think was a lot, a lot of it was that, 
you know, whereas in Monaco, I'm sure it's an extremely well-oiled machine to prepare for the GP. (laughs) And if you live in Monaco, you know, and you know what weekend it is, you know how to maneuver around it. You just plan your life around it. And so whereas Vegas and then particularly the Vegas strip is just like, it's fucking chaos. It's Times Square on steroids. It's like, (sighs) It, it, and so I think it's just that, you know, you combine all of those things and it just was absolutely banana town. And part of the problem, too, was that it wasn't just the race weekend. They've been working right. on the streets for forever because they right. had to resurface basically all of the streets that made up the circuit. But they couldn't screw in the fucking manhole cover. I, somebody got like extra special mega fired for that, right? Like you, I mean, like I'm glad Carlos is alive, for right. fuck's sake. But like, how do you not think about that? You're Unreal. having cars with basically no ground clearance. On drive at upwards of Unreal. 200 miles an hour. I mean. There, there did seem to be a number of things that no one thought about, like, oh, it actually gets really cold in Vegas at night. Right. It's November. It's November. <laughs> and we're yeah. doing all of this at midnight. It might be cold. <laughs> I wonder if it'll, like, get moved, because they have a 10-year deal. I wonder if it'll get moved up in the calendar at some point. I, I think the one you know problem is, is that it gets into a very funky, like, there are so many races that are at specific times in the year because they really just absolutely cannot be at other times. Like, yeah. Like, the races in the Middle East have to be the very beginning or the very end of the schedule, or people fucking or die. too hot, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and we saw that with Singapore. Like, they tried to do Singapore too late in the season this year and had people passing out in their cars. Like, well, I wonder yeah, how I much flex they actually have that way because, like, I guess that's true. You can I mean, make also, it work. Also, I feel like they should just do like, like I know that it's it chaotic, but literally, yes, just do it in the daytime. Like, it doesn't even have to be like that late. Like, it it doesn't have to be like at noon or something. Like, you're doing it after the daylight savings change. Like, it, the sun is going to set. You can do it at like. Four. Yeah, even seven. Seven would be warmer. Yeah, four would be fucking terrible. Seven, like just after whatever, whatever time sunset is. That would be perfect. Yeah, you don't. You don't want to do it at sunset though, because you're gonna. They're gonna get blinded by glare and stuff. Like that's saying after, like after the sun goes down. Yeah, I don't know what time sunset is. Let's see what time the sun sets in Vegas right now. Like five ish, probably. I think it's a little bit later. Um, Tonight, the sun sets in Vegas. No, wow, way early. You're so right, Britt. It sets at 429. Yeah. 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 And it's going to be like the 21st to the 23rd next year. So, like, you do a race. Six Vegas time is nine Eastern. That's like nine, six or, you know, seven. So that's nine or 10 Eastern. 
that's good viewing time on a Saturday night for a U.S. audience. Europe is going to be screwed pretty much no matter what you do. Like, this was starting at, like, 6 a.m. for most of Europe? Yeah. 5 a.m. for Britain? Yeah, how you like uh, it now, Europe. Yeah. yeah. It is, Britain, it, it did make me think of you every time. <laughs> like, I, I, ha, I saw a lot of people being like, oh, my God, it's at 6 in the morning? Right. I was like... I was like, this is many people's lives, folks. Right. This is this is <laughs> not mine, but I have respect for it. Right. It's it's like 18 to 20 of 23 races. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I I do think a Red Bull cheating scandal could be exactly what we need. Can you imagine the absolute meltdown? The the best it would be, part. It would be like the 2017 Astros all over again. Oh, please. The, the thing I would be waiting for the most, uh, just with breathless anticipation, is Toto's reaction. We have been saying for many years that Red Bull <laughs> is violating the rules. Once right. again, I think everyone should listen to me when I say. Exactly. He's violating the sacred rules of this sport. <laughs> it would be incredible. It would be incredible. And then you get Christian just having a stroke trying oh. to come up with some counter argument. Oh. All-timer of a press conference. Can you even imagine? Amazing. Because you also know that Red Bull would immediately start accusing everyone else of everything under the sun. Christian Horner would be like, we learned this from Ferrari. Immediately. Immediately. (laughs) Have you checked the Mercedes garage too? Like, just instantaneously. Again, it's like the 2017 Astros. Like, everyone else is doing it. Have you seen the Red Sox and the Yankees? Right. Right. (sighs) and here's my only thing the fundamentally the most annoying thing to me is that i in my heart of course i want red bull to be cheating so much but i'm like clearly checko like clearly checko hasn't been cheating (laughs) or he has oh honey (laughs) oh like if they're cheating i don't think they're giving it to him <laughs> it's actually actually he is the one cheating and max is just max is the host of this scenario <laughs> where he says he isn't cheating but oh that yeah that so is good. that's the part that just doesn't square like why why does it go wrong for Checo? but yeah is max just a rod No, because yeah. A-Rod didn't have the success at a championship level. Like, A-Rod, A-Rod was more about, like, trying to prove something that he couldn't prove because it's a team sport. Like, A-Rod could never really prove that he was a winner. And, like, there's no... There's no Derek Jeter for 
Max to look bad in comparison to. Right. Yeah, it is like that is the one thing that is fundamentally not in question with Max is like the man can win. When is Lando's contract up? Is that what you looked up earlier? Uh, no, but it's a while. Lando Norris contract. Uh, two more years. So through through the end of 2025. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like it's not Lando's time on Red Bull yet, but I do think it's coming. So this is this is the one thing, right? Lando is not the guy to be the number two. I completely agree, yeah. but I think that I think a couple things. I, okay, so I think that there's a okay. Here's what I think is possible. I think that it is possible that McL- like that it seems like McLaren are really getting their shit together. Like that car is clearly the second best car out there at this point. I feel even though it was a disaster in Vegas. Like, it is – him and Oscar have been very, very competitive. And in a way that Sergio and Max have this much bigger delta between the two of them. And I could see kind of a McLaren miracle year that could keep Lando there for a long time because he wants to be the guy. But I think that if Red Bull's dominance continues in this way, I think Lando is hot. Like if Lando keeps not being able to actually win a race, I think he will do anything. Like if Red Bull is the only way to to win a race, I think he will suck it up and then go crazy trying to beat Max and it'll be so fun to watch. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I think they could absolutely talk Lando into doing it and I think it will almost immediately be an absolute shit show. It would be a show. disaster. Absolute it would be shit so show. so much fun. It would be such a disaster. And he would win like a couple races and start to like get a little too big for his britches and Max would like send him into a wall and shit. Right. And then right. they would be like and they would be like we're best friends. <laughs> Right. It would it would make the the Max and Danny uh like battle look like absolute child's play comparatively. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I don't know how long like Max can keep it up before like there's some kind of change in in just like this is an unprecedented run of dominance right even and, compared to lewis's run of dominance yeah and like when you're in the middle of that it feels like it will always continue like it feels like a lot like in college football right now, it feels like there is no end in sight to the georgia bulldogs being at the top of <laughs> Well, and it felt that way with Alabama. And here we are. Until all of a sudden, for for whatever reason, it's not. And I'm really curious to see what happens, especially with Max, when all of a sudden it's not. Because sometimes 
you just fall off. You had your peak and that was it. And sometimes like with, you know, and I think that the, the most obvious example of this is, you know, Michael Jordan walking away for two years. Cause he just, that, that provides it. He wasn't really beaten on the court, but like going away, coming back, you know, they had, the, they didn't win in the 95 playoffs after he came back, but like then winning three more, like, do you have that second run in you? I think is what answers the question of, of where you are among like the greats of all time in the sport is, you know, can you, can you do it more than once? Yeah, sure. I think he can. I'll say. <laughs> I think, I think he can too, but I'm interested to see it happen and like, yeah, have an actual dynamic of something. I mean, a lot in the same way that like Federer Nadal was, was awesome for a long time. And then it got even more interesting when it was Djokovic joining in with them. Right. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I've said this before, but it's like, what I want is for Max to have a real foil. Like this year, there just mm-hmm. hasn't been one. And it, I, whether, I I really don't even care who it is. Like, I just want someone who has to raise him. Obviously, I want it to be Charles, or I think. I care who it is. (laughs) But I think, but I I could get excited if Sergio Perez was really actually fighting Max. Like, if there was, if, if he had continued to win races, that would have been interesting. That would have been very, very interesting. But it, mm-hmm. he didn't, and he just fell apart. And but like, it, I think it, if it was George, if it was Lewis, if it was Carlos, if it was Charles, if it was Lando, if it was Oscar, if it was there's so many of them that I'm like that would be fascinating. If there was somebody who could just actually like be the rival, and it would be really interesting because we've seen Max as like the young upstart with with a rival that he was very competitive with. Right. We've, but we've never seen it from the other direction. Like we haven't seen it with Max being sort of the unquestioned dominant one with somebody else sort of nipping at its heels. And part of me, like, look, I want it to be Charles, but more than anything, part of me thinks it might be Oscar. I think it's Oscar too. I think it's Oscar too. I've had the exact same thing. I think, like, I I want Charles to, I want Charles to win every single race in a year. That would be the best year of my life. I want, you know, I I just want to see him win it. I don't care how he wins it. And I want it to be easy for him, frankly. I don't, I want him to just, I want him to just have that for himself. I think that Oscar has, there's something about him. I think he needs a couple years, but I think he is so talented. I think he has such a good head on his shoulders. And I think that if McLaren could really get the car in a good place, I mean, I've had the exact same thought, Britt. I think that would be for something about him. I'm like, I think he's the one who can do it. Yeah, I can't. Well, I can't even entirely articulate why, but I'm glad that we're on the same page. <laughs> Part of it for up, me is that he set doesn't it up for you have. On the timing. What'd you say, Jesse? I set it up for you on the timing. It's when Lando leaves for Red Bull and Oscar becomes the McLaren number one. Oh my there god! You go. and, and like, oh, and oh, that would be when so they're, they're gonna funny. have. 
the reg changes in like 2026 too, mm-hmm. which could be a factor. And and I think that I think part of it with Oscar is that he is a generate like he is actually a generation younger, whereas Lando Char Lando's a little bit babier than them, but obviously Charles and they kind of Matt all came up and, together otherwise though. Yeah. Right. They all kind of came up together. And I think that there is this thing where Oscar just has Oscar feels like a very solidly younger generation right. than the rest of the crew in a way that I think would just like he doesn't have like history with Max in the same way I think he could just kind of like have a clear head in a way that I think Charles will always be like it's Max right it was it was just a racing incident just yeah. an incident which <laughs> Max will never let go no but neither will anyone else in fairness neither will anyone else because it was so funny it was adorable I did appreciate that the two of them were like being besties this weekend. That was, was yeah. a, that was when Max like pulled him into the interview, and when Max in a press conference was like, "I always knew if I was going to make it, Charles was going to make it." I was like, "I love when they love each other a little bit." Well, and and we saw that in twenty twenty one too that it was like they clearly they clearly like competing against each other in a way that. Max, at least, doesn't enjoy competing against everybody else the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I think he respects Charles in a way he doesn't respect the rest of them. I think there's a sense of like, oh, well, this is a worthy adversary. Yes. As opposed yes. to everybody else where he's like, who do you think you are? He's like Esteban Ocon. Like, get the <laughs> fuck away from me. Right. Right. Just give give him the car. Give him the car to be able Just to give be him the, the car. worst adversary. Just give him the car. Car, just give him the car. Just give him the car and a good therapist. <laughs> right. And just tell him to ignore his strategist. Why am I so unlucky? <laughs> oh. oh, God. I mean, he needed that. He really needed that. Yeah. Good, good race, and he needed that. Yeah. Yeah. And all right, any uh, before we get going, any hot takes for the Nermal Grand Prix in Abu Dhabi? Charles is going to win <laughs> the Nermal Grand Prix. <laughs> Wait, why is it the Nermal? <laughs> oh, oh, God bless! Oh. oh, I will post the the song in in the show notes. It's oh, a Garfield. You're, you're um, so young, yeah. Garfield. I don't know who that is either. I know Nermal is from Garfield. I just yeah. don't. I don't get this. Shaped like Nermal? Ner- no, Nermal. No. Nermal is the uh, rival cat. Right. And Garfield, to try and get rid of Nermal, used to put him in a box and mail him to Abu Dhabi. Oh. <laughs> and and on the 1990s uh, Garfield and Friends TV show, there was an entire Abu Dhabi song, which is uh, wow. delightful. Maybe Brilliant. we'll do a spoken word of it at the start of the race. <laughs> that sounds like a great place to end, honestly. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, Abu Dhabi. Uh, I will. Oh, okay. Uh, here, here we go. Oh. Well, there's an ad playing. So that's, uh... Off to a good start. Yeah. Are you hearing this? No. No. Okay. 
Well, in that case, uh, Garfield is mailing Nurgle to Abu Dhabi. Things Abu Dhabi is far away. Abu Dhabi, that's where you'll stay. Abu Dhabi, the place to be for any kitten who's annoying me. Abu Dhabi, way off the track. Abu Dhabi, now don't come back. Abu Dhabi, what a great thrill for any kitten who can make me ill. <laughs>